Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 89 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I'm here, as always, with the world-famous Riley McConnell. You know who he is by now. And today on our show, we've got a lot to recap, which was a very fun series against the Kansas City Royals. We've got some thumbs up in this episode, giving some players that we liked on their performance. And then we have some negatives, and we'll talk about those as well and how they performed this series. We've got some news and notes as well. And the Blue Jays actually signed a new player to the 40-man roster this week. So we're going to touch on that while Riley, so much to get to in this episode. But first, how are you today, man? What's up? Jesse, I'm doing awesome. Didn't feel so good against the cards. We're obviously still on the road in the central. And um, hey, good series against the Royals. Can't really complain about a, um, a three out of four. I think I called that one last episode. Sure that's, yes, all sure fine and, that's all fine and dandy, man. Lots of balls still to go. Other than that, it's, you know, weather's warming up. Our bats are getting warmed up, Jesse. All is good right now in the world of Blue Jays and in the world of Riley, of course. Everything is good. <laughs> Love to hear it, guys. Remember, our show is free and we're available on all platforms. So if you can't get enough of the Jesse and Riley combo here, you can subscribe to us so you can stay with us all summer on YouTube. Please like the video and subscribe to the channel. We're looking for a thousand subscribers by season end. We're well on our way. And oh, it's a very strict honor to you could say that you can be one of the first 1000 subscribers of Buds and Blue Jays. And you can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio or anywhere else you can get your podcast. So please do so as well. And if you're a social media type of person, follow us on Twitter, Instagram or TikTok as we're building quite the community on the online over there. So please make sure you follow along with that. But pleasantries out of the way, Riley. Let's get into the game recaps. Let's tell you what happened in this four-game series against the Kansas City Royals. Game one, the Jays actually lost this one 9-5 to against the Kansas City Royals. Jose Barrio started and proved he was the same guy he was last year. Gave up three earned runs in the first inning. Then he settled down for two more and then gave up four more in the fourth. The Jays were able to score four runs in the last three innings, but were never really into this ball game. Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman, and Kevin Biggio, all with multi-hit games, and Bo Bichette hit the Blue Jays' first home run of the season. Game two took place the following day. The Jays won this game 4-1, to one, and Riley, this was the Dalton Varsho game. Two hits, including his first home run as a Blue Jay, made some real nice defensive plays, including throwing out a runner at the plate, and was good on the base pass as well. Yusei Kikuchi looked solid in his season debut. Five innings pitch, only one earned runs allowed. Matt Chapman, that name again, he had three hits. And the Jays' bullpen went four innings pitch, only allowing one hit, striking out five, and Jordan Romano earned save number two. Game three, Jays win this game three to nothing. The Jays get their first shutout of the season. Alec Manoa bounced back after his opening day start, going seven innings pitched, one hit, four walks, and five strikeouts. Dalton Varsho and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. both had three hits with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. going oppo taco for his first home run of the season. Eric Swanson worked a clean eighth inning and Jordan Romano pitching on back-to-back nights converts save number three. And the game that just took place this afternoon, the Jays won this game six to three. The Jays got off to a hot start thanks to back-to-back doubles by Dalton Varsho and Matt Chapman in the first. Jays added to their lead with home runs from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Kevin Biggio. The Royals did score three against Trevor Richards in the eighth, but that was all. And Kevin Gosman had a good start here today. Six innings pitch, four hits, zero earned runs, two walks and seven strikeouts. So after the series against Kansas City and our little modest three-game winning streak we have, the Jays are now four and three. We sit third place in the AL East and we're two and a half games back behind the undefeated Tampa Bay Rays, Riley. So a lot of storylines to come out of this series against the Kansas City Royals. I'm letting you take it away, Riley. Who are we talking about first? So as much as I would love to say, you know, the bounce back start by Manoa was my favorite part of this. I'm going to be a little homer here and say my favorite part of this the series, the best player for me in this series was Matt Chapman. I mean, Agreed. this guy's absolutely tearing it up at the dish, man. Um, 
Just uh, you texted me the other day, said leads the league in doubles. Couldn't believe it. And after today, still leads the league in doubles mm -hmm. um, because he added to the list there another double hit and uh, another one. I think Bradley Jr. made a great play out in center field. Could have had another extra base hit too. And he's hitting them to all fields. His swing and miss rate is way down. And you know what? I'm a counting stats guy. He's driving in runs and he drove yes. in a lot of runs in this series. And I mean, hey, our pitch. Held, held its own in the Gosman start, in the Manoa start, and obviously in the Yusei Kikuchi start. He did well, too. You'll hear all about that from Jesse, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, but he will. For my, me, my guy, Matt Chapman, I mean, just a premier run producer right now early on. I know we're only seven games into this young season, but, you know, how we did last year, even early on, a lot of swing and miss. And, you know, rarely found himself, um, you know, relevant and on base in, in these, you know, big ball games. And, I, yeah, that's my pick for my first thumbs up. Got to be Matt Chapman. I mean, I'm hoping for way more of this as the season goes on. Riley, it was great to see. What did we talk about when we had our top storylines to follow this season? I'm pretty sure we talked about, hey, Matt Chapman going into a contract year. Like if he can come back to those late 2010s Oakland A's years for Matt Chapman, he could be a monster, Riley. And he looks every bit of it. Like he looks like an MVP candidate uh, just one week into the season. He had 13 hard hit balls. He was seventh in baseball in all of, all of that in exit velocity. He has six doubles, like you said, leads the game. And Riley, not only that, he had two absolute rockets that just died on the warning track, including one that went 407 feet. And Riley, the thing that's impressed me the most about Matt Chapman so far this young season is that he's using the whole field. He is going to that right center field gap. He had five opposite field hits coming into the game today, which he did that in what, his first six games of the year. Last year, Riley, he didn't have his fifth opposite field hit to game number 27. And Riley, if you had to take a guess at what Matt Chapman's OPS is right now, what do you think it is? I mean, I honestly, with all the doubles, it's got it. He's got to be sitting at with his average up way high. I bet you he's sitting at a twelve fifty OPS right now. Twelve fifty, Riley. We're gonna go over. No, what do we got? Sixty nine is what Matt Woo! Chapman's OPS I like right that now. number. And oh, that is absolutely insane. Plus, not only that, Riley. The def aside from his error he made opening day, the defense still looks really good. Matt Chapman's hitting up in the top of the order. He's hit cleanup in a game this series. It's just. I don't think I can raise my thumbs any higher for what Matt Chapman has done on uh, op this opening series so far. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't, I can't butter this guy up enough. He's, he's a hell of a ball player. Yeah. The defense is uh, like, obviously the primary thing in his game. I wasn't expecting this from Mr. Matt Chapman. Obviously the power is real. The power is there. I hate that those balls died on the track because they could have been, you know, in another ballpark, maybe the, uh, the 407 one gets out of here and a lot of ballparks it does, but Hey, you know what? That's a, it's a heck of a series by Matt Chapman. And we just hope for more to come in hitting in the middle of the lineup too. That's really good. Really nice to see. Good stuff. We'll want to see more from that from Matt Chapman going forward. Riley, another player that I am officially giving a thumbs up to this series is one of Dalton. Dalton Varsho, Riley, and he is seven for 14 this series. He hit his first home run as a Toronto Blue Jay. And Riley, I don't know if you saw it. It was an opposite field home run, and it was the very first opposite field home run Dalton Varsho has hit in his career. So if you think about what he's done so far this season, opening day, he ropes a baseball 112.5 miles per hour, the hardest hit baseball he has ever had in his career. Four games later, he comes into Kansas City here. He hits his very first opposite field home run of his career. These are all good things that Dalton Varsho is improving with the bat, things we never really saw. And not only that, Riley, his defense is amazing. Like, I am still in awe whenever I see Dalton Varsho out in the field. And actually, his teammates are kind of taking note, too. Here's a quote that Alec Manoa said about the defense in the outfield this year. And Manoa said, quote, they're amazing. 
their first step is really a difference maker. It kind of feels like they're moving to where the ball is hit before it even hits the batter's bat. So that is amazing. And how good that Dalton Varsho has been in the outfield. And not only that, his base running's there too. He's stealing bases. Like Dalton Varsho is very easily getting rid of my early season uh, concerns I might have had about him. And I think he should be supplemented in that top of the order every single day. So you want to talk about a guy, uh, you know, you talk about ball players, you talk about the five tools in baseball. Right now, Dalton Varsho is looking like a five-tool player. And yes, that involves the contact tool right now, it seems. I don't know if this is going to carry on the amount of hits um, or the opposite field home runs, but certainly the defense and base running has been elite. Um, also that, uh, he's hey, he's got a wicked arm too. I mean, you could make an, you could argue right now with where Kiermaier is at in his career and age and everything else and just kind of what i've seen which is still early on that varsho is actually a better defender more valuable than kiermeyer in the field right now which is saying a lot but right now varsho with his bat has i mean you i would be stupid to think i'm the only one that's impressed you look at blue jays twitter right now and a lot of people are riding the varsho train right now and they should and i called it before the start of this you did. year you, yeah. you want to go out and buy a jersey Go get a Dalton Varsho jersey. This guy it was it is young. I mean, he played, you know, really a COVID-shortened year and a, a one really good full year in, in his career. And this is like where we're kind of at with Dalton Varsho. Um, I mean, he's got a long way to go for his MLB career. He is just getting started. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this I I'm just I'm just going on a limb here, but I'm gonna say this might be a career year for him. Knock on wood, really hope it happens. He's certainly on the pace to make that happen. And he's under team control, Riley. Don't forget for four more seasons. So we're going to be seeing a lot more Dalton Varsho in the years to come. Riley, so many good storylines. The Blue Jays did a lot of good things this series. Do you want to switch? Like, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to our pitching staff or do you want to go to our big bats in the middle of the lineup? Where should we go next? I I mean, we kind of want to go pitchers here. Um, But, you know, besides... What happened in one of the games, I thought we got really good pitching. I thought Yusei Kikuchi did a fantastic job Mm -hmm. on the bump. Um, Alec Manoa, tremendous job coming back from from his probably one of his worst starts, if not the worst start of his career. And uh, Kevin Gosman doing Kevin Gosman things. Again, his pitch mix is nasty. That splitter, I don't know even where it ranks among MLB's, you know, top whatever pitches, but that drop is incredible. Yes, Kansas City might not have the, you know, the best, most, you know, um, you know, full lineup can major league players swing and miss at really balls out of the zone because there's so much downward movement on that on that splitter. I mean, those three guys, all of them could very well get thumbs up, yeah, thumbs up, Jesse. Really, <laughs> um, your guy, you say Kikuchi, though. Um, I thought looked really good. Thoroughly impressed me, Jesse, especially after the Brios game. But you say Kikuchi held his own, man. Yeah, I got to start about Yusei Kikuchi here, Riley. I was so amped up for this start. Here's his official line. He went five innings pitch, three hits, one earned run, one walk, only two strikeouts, Riley, but the whip below one in this one start for Yusei Kikuchi, which I loved. And then some of the metrics behind it, Riley, his four-seam velocity fastball up 1.3 miles per hour. He touched 97.6 mile per hour with his fastball. And his slider, Riley, his velocity was up as well. He had nine swinging strikes and only 69 pitches, which is actually a pretty decent rate. Now, there were still some bad signs in here. He did give up a massive home run to Framrel Reyes, and he did look, you know, he didn't quite look exactly like the same guy he was this spring. There were some small glimpses of some uncompetitive pitches and some hard contact against him, but 
Honestly, the big thing I really liked here with Yusei Kikuchi, he started throwing his change up significantly more. He threw it 25% of the time in this start, up from the 13% that he threw last year. And it is his best pitch by the numbers. And Riley, another stat that I loved about Yusei Kikuchi, 55% of his pitches were in the strike zone. And that if that number stays, that'll be by far the best in his career. So thumbs up, Mr. Yusei Kikuchi. I'm wearing your jersey with pride when I go to the Rogers Center next week, and I'm glad to see it. And that's what got me too, Jesse, was the amount of pitches that were actually in the zone. I mean, yes, the strikeouts, whatever, you can see more strikes out of UC Kikuchi on a normal, you know, start from there. But the amount of pitches that were actually in the zone, that's enough to kind of get me hyped a little bit more as things move on. But yeah, also, you know, you could give it to Gosman too at Manoa. Oh, they- yeah also had very quality starts. And, uh, you know, like like we said at the start, we took three out of four games. Those were those were good games, Jesse. And I'll kind of segue this into the thumbs down portion, yes, um, if that's okay with you. It, because, yes, we've had three – we've had three very good – we've had three very good guys to start. And then there was Jose Brios starting game yes. one. All eyes were on him. I had – I was glued to this one because we saw him in the World Baseball Classic – got hit around. I thought, all right, total redemption year for Jose Barrios. And he goes out there and has a terrible first inning and then goes in. Somehow manages to pitch three and three thirds, three and two thirds more innings or whatever it was. And then get hit around in the final inning he was pitching in. And I just thought, Hey, like there was some good takeaway, Jesse, but he was just leaving too many pitches in the in the heart of the plate yeah. and we're lucky it was just kansas city because they could have put an eight spot on him if he didn't get yanked before so like yeah big thumbs down for me because that's man that's not what you want to see that's not why we, what we signed up for in the jose brios fan club and after last year i felt like he really needed it and it just didn't happen for him in game one riley can you take a guess at what jose brios career era is with the toronto blue Jays <laughs> since he got here Oh man, uh, like uh, I'm gonna say it's gotta be um, it's gotta be I'm gonna say four nine nine. I'm gonna say four nine nine. Just under five A. It's actually four nine four. So you're very close. Um, after that, but that's wow. not good. That's not the guy we wanted. And Riley, you nailed the hammer on the head here. It was just more of the exact same stuff that he was battling with all last year. Like it's almost to the point. Like what did you? What did Jose Barrios even do this off season? Like six of his nine hits were allowed on the four seamer and a sinker, and the bad location of his four seamer was especially terrible. His slurve. I will give you some positives though from Jose Barrios because, you know, his start was bad. It was terrible. If you don't have fastball command, then you don't have anything, right? But he did still get a lot of swings and misses on that slurve ball. He did have a couple one, two, three innings mixed in there. He did get seven strikeouts still on his eleven whiffs. But until we see improvement from the fastball command and even that sinker, he's got to run that sinker inside to lefties, like have it start at them and then dive over the plate, like Roy Halladay did for years. Until Jose Brios can do that consistently then we're in trouble. And I don't think we're ever going to get a good Jose Barrios thing. Riley, I guess my next question is how long do you let him go? How many more starts like this does it take before Jays make drastic changes? Oh man. Like it's, it's the leash is short. It's it, I mean, last year you like under the radar, you weren't going into the season opener last year thinking that anything was going to be different than a steady three ERA is what his first kind of, stint with the Blue Jays since the deadline. I think it was an even three earned run average. And you look at that in a handful of starts, you think that's pretty good. And then you look at how last year went for him and you really kind of have to take note for him. And I, I mean, I, I think two more starts like this, Jesse, two, I give him two more. 
I mean, I'd almost want to say one, but I think it's the number two. Um, and you want you want to spread out some good quality starts. I mean, if knock on wood, this doesn't happen, Jesse. But if he goes out there and totally bombs his next outing, I mean, we don't push the panic button. We certainly don't push the panic button, but we we start to put our thinking caps on mm-hmm. as to what the heck we're supposed to do with this guy um, because we just can't win ball games when we're surrendering six earned runs, you know, before the seventh inning. Um, any any time you give up six runs, I mean, you know, you're more than likely going to win the game unless it's kind of a slugfest style game. But, I mean, he's really, he's really got some issues on the hill right now. Yeah, like – between, I think there was 10 pitches in the middle of the second or third inning where he looked really good on. And, like, I could sit here and, and talk about that. But that's Sorry. nothing compared to his slash line when you look at what he's given up mm-hmm. um, in the rest of that outing. Because at the end of the day, he didn't have a quality start. He gave up six earned runs. And they, he was just getting too many hard hit balls the other way. So, yeah, big time thumbs down for Brios, man. I mean, he was the only starter who didn't have it in the series. Thumbs down for me, too, Riley. I do think he's going to get more than two attempts here. But if it's just more of the same where he's just getting shellacked every time, I think the Blue Jays are going to like look for like a fake injury, if you will, just to get him off the field, just to get him to do something, maybe even to clear his head because Brios has the talent. He should be better than this. And the Jays have to figure out how to do it because... Yeah, they got to do something. Um, but some more thumbs down, Riley. We don't spend too much time on these guys. The first one is Brandon Belt. And Riley, his line on the season, one for 19, two walks, 12 strikeouts, Riley. Now, I know the guy didn't play much during spring training, and he still looks like he's in spring training mode. Remember, he is changing leagues. He hasn't seen a lot of these pictures before, so it's tough. One interesting note I saw with Brandon Belt, too, is he takes 5.38 pitches for at-bats, which is one of the top 10, I believe, maybe top 15 in all of baseball. I know it's the most on the Blue Jays, a pitch is seen for at-bats. So maybe Brandon Belt just hasn't seen that many pitches yet. So he's just trying to take a look at him. I don't know what's going on here, but Riley, when do we start to get worried about the performance of Brandon Bell? I mean, I'm already a little bit worried, but I'm not as worried because we do have a really, what looks like a very deep lineup as well. In the fact, I want to give some love also to Whit Merrifield and Biggio, who I thought had pretty good series as well. So like, there's a lot of aggregate in this lineup that can make up the spot that is Brandon Belt in the lineup right now. I mean, I'm still going to give him some plate appearances for sure in this upcoming series in the next one. You know, it's when things really, really fall off. Um, but anytime you strike out, you know, on 55% of your plate appearances at any yeah. point, yeah. you know, you Yikes. start to you start to kind of, you know, worry. And yeah, you could say, yeah, maybe he should be attacking earlier and counts. Like if that's going to help him, then yeah, make those adjustments. I mean, I don't think this trend is going to continue to this degree, but we, we very well could see a guy who's pr- not an everyday player um, who probably won't be. His time might be spaced out a little bit more as the season goes on. Who knows? He's, there's, uh, you know, the age factor, there's performance involved in that. So, I mean, he could be a situational guy down the road when we're having this conversation in July. Uh, But I, you know, this could be a guy who hits under 200 for the year, Jesse. And you hope that that's just backed up by some extra base hits if we can get there. But the strikeout certainly you're not you're not doing anything by 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 striking out, man, unless. Yeah, it's just it's just not. not, You're right. (laughs) Yeah. 
The only the thing I will say, this might be how Addison Barger or Spencer Horowitz or Otto Lopez crack this team. If Brandon Belt struggles or if he's still hurt dealing with that injury, that might be how a guy like that gets at bats into this lineup. It could come from him. Riley, just real quick, we don't spend much time on this one. Another guy who is kind of on my thumbs down so far is George Springer, Riley. And ever since his opening uh, day game where he had five hits, he's gone one for 19 since then. His average exit velocity, Riley, is 81.5, which is ninth on the Blue Jays right now, ahead of only Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. And and Riley, to me, it's the bat speed. It just doesn't look the same for me. And I wish we had a metric so we could actually measure this stuff. I know they're working on it. We don't have it yet. But it just looking at it, like he's getting the good follow-throughs. I think that shoulder is healthy. It just looks like the bat speed might be declining a little bit from George Springer. So on a scale of 1 to 10, Riley, concern level for George Springer. I'm setting up out of five right now, Jesse. I mean, this is a guy who's made a living as probably one of the most premier leadoff hitters in the game of baseball, 21st century, real innovator at the plate. Um, listen, anytime you get five hits at a game, that's a huge accomplishment and whatever else the accolade attached that, that that's, that's all fine and dandy, but then going one for 19. Yeah, that's, you know, a little bit of a slump. What I do like in this, Jesse, is that if this kind of persists, we kind of have the option to move guys like Varsho, maybe close to the top of the order, Boba Shett and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I like the versatility. So I'm, I'm about a five, sitting halfway. I would like Springer to click a little bit more. But, hey, what can you do? I do like that guys are stepping up, though. And I'm sure Springer will, will be um, coming along here real shortly and stringing together some good games. Yeah, every guy is going to have their due. He's going to get on a streak where he gets hot. I do like the call, though. I don't think George Springer ends the season as our leadoff hitter, but that is a conversation for another day. We do not have to have that now. Riley, this is probably poor hosting on my part, but we're waiting 20 minutes into this show to finally talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And Riley, this might be the most important thing that has happened so far in the first week of the season. Riley, I'm going to lay out some stats from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. here, and I want you to tell me how you feel about these after I lay this out, okay? That sounds perfect. Let's have him. Okay. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has struck out one time so far this year, which means his K rate at 2.9% is the lowest in all of baseball with hitters with more than 20 at-bats. His chase rate, Riley, has dropped to 17% this year, where it was at 31% last year. Now, his launch angle still isn't there. It's about 4.8 degrees, which is right about where it was last year. But if he's not chasing and he's not swinging at pitches out of the zone, he is going to mash, Riley, 17 hard-hit balls this season with an average exit velocity 11th in baseball. And actually, I think that number went up after the game today. He's using the opposite field more, which is only going to make him a true complete header. And Vladdy looks like he's set for a monster year. Even his actual stats compared to his expected stats so far this season, like Vladdy coming into the game today was hitting 278. His expected batting average over 400. His slugging was 333. His expected slugging 727, Riley. And his Woba, which is 361, was expected to be 529 based on the quality of contact Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is having. I think we've seen signs here so far early this year that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is poised for a monster season and might even be better than he was in his MVP caliber season in 2021. What do you think about those, Riley? I like that. That is yes. something I can get behind right there. And you said it right right there. Can we get another kind of repeat of the 2021 Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? And these, these I, I won't even say little signs because they are big, man. They are oh, big yes. through seven games, one strikeout, the hard hit balls. I mean, listen, everything is in place right now for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to take a Big step forward mm-hmm. in his career, and he may he may never look back. Jesse, this is this is a very important, a very big year for Mr. Guerrero Jr. And I absolutely love this, my guy. I absolutely love this. 
They don't give you an 80 grade hit tool for nothing. Now we're coming yeah. and we're seeing it and, and everything seems to be coming together. Might I add, he has played very good defense to start the year too. I know the big thing is the bat, but we, we got the complete game out of this guy. This is, he's, he's one of the most exciting players in the game to watch. And yeah, I have a feeling this is going to continue you know, we'll see maybe an 0 for 4 game here and there. Obviously, sure. that happens. It's baseball. But we're going to we're gonna see a great year, man. I'm super excited for Vladdy. Baseballs beware. He is coming. And it'll be great. This might be the movie that we've talked about. Um, some, no- other notes, some other players we've already kind of talked about. It. Both Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman did look good. The walks were a little high for Kevin Gosman. He did, or not Kevin Gosman, Alec Manoa. He did walk four. And uh, for both these guys, Riley, the velocity on their fastballs were down a little bit. Manoa's was down 2.5 miles per hour on his fastball, 1.6 on his slider. Kevin Gosman's was down. He threw a fastball as low as 87.8. But I think I'm just chalking this up, Riley, to uh, it was very cold in Kansas City this weekend. They weren't a very good hitting team. Kevin Gosman has talked about too taking a little off on his fastball on purpose and we've kind of seen Alec Manoa too even when he was really good last year he would start out slowing slow and get get harder as the game goes on I guess a concern level scale of one to ten for a fastball velocity for Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman nothing on any of those two the old the, the number that sticks out probably the most to me is the the five strikeouts to four walks comparison on Alec Manoa mm-hmm. just usually you don't see things like that I'm sure you know as the season goes on that, that won't even be a hit on on what we see in in three or four more starts from here. I'm not not in the least bit worried, man. I have all the confidence in the world in these two in these two pitchers. Yeah, lefties still hit Alec Manoa a little hard, so I do have a little bit more of a concern. So I'm not completely all the way back, but I still want to see more. I'm excited to watch Manoa in his next start out here. Riley Bobachet on the game one of this series, he had a home run, his the Blue Jays' first home run of the season. And Riley, what did we talk about a lot last year with Bobachet? We wanted to see him take the fastball. Pull it, hit it for extra bases. Well, he did just that. 94 mile per hour fastball on a 2-0 count, down and in. He turned on it, hit it to the pole side, left center field. I love seeing this from Bo Bichette, and that was great to see to really turn him into a true complete hitter. I did not have him labeled as the guy that would hit our first home run of the year. I'm glad someone broke the ice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, dude, I mean, Bo Bichette, you want to talk about uh, our, our team – Jesse, our team is so good at at hitting the ball to all fields, up and down the lineup. We have a lot of guys who can who can hit to all fields and hit to all fields very well. Varsho coming along with that well. You got Chapman who showed us Vladdy, and of course Bo Bichette. And I, as much as I'd love to see him do those little slap hits, Bo Bichette is very good at pulling the ball and hitting the ball hard to mm-hmm. his pull side. So I would also love to see that a ton. Like we're gonna see a lot of Bo Bichette hits this year. I have a feeling a lot of those are going to be hard hit on the pull side. I know last year it kind of got him a minute to get started, but I'm I'm so good with what is going on right now at the dish for our Blue Jays hitters. And yeah, absolutely loved it. Bo Bichette, first home run for the uh, Blue Jays season, came in the fourth game, took a little bit long, but we got there. Yep. And like Isaac said in our last episode, he's like, he wasn't worried about the lack of home runs because we know they were going to come. Well, Jay's hit four this series. So that looks good. Riley, I have notes on four more players here. If any of these are interested of you, feel free to stop me and we can talk about it. But Kevin Biggio hit his first home run of the season, a 400 foot home run, 103.6 off the bat. He's actually drawn his walks too. Kevin Biggio's actually looked pretty good so far this year. Um, Tim Meza had a four batter, four strikeout game on Tuesday with the sinker touching as high as 97 miles per hour. Then he comes in on the game today and only he faces three batters only gets one out so 
A little bit of this and that from Tim Mesa. Kevin Kiermeyer doubled on a ground ball today up the middle. And I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Just the speed and base running and smart skills from Kevin Kiermeyer. I'm very impressed. And then Trevor Richards came into a six run lead in the eighth inning today and did not get an out. Uh, he gave up three earned runs, I believe it was. And yeah, kind of struggles from Trevor Richards. So Riley, out of those four things, any takeaways? I thought Biggio had a great series. I'll say that. I think that he'll be a very effective tool for us. I also want to say, just to kind of toot my own horn, I, I, Jesse, have had a double up the middle in front of the center fielder on one of those Congratulations, for our, Congratulations. our hometown team, the Wellington yeah. Lynx, of course. We're both in the Hall of Fame there, um, you know, first ballot guys. But, Jesse, yeah, I mean, the Mesa thing, because it, it, going into this, Jesse, you had, oh, Mesa did great. I had, yeah, but he got smashed in the game. So yeah. it's like, the mixed reviews. And what did I say? I said the relief pitchers. You're, they're going to be a mixed bag in places. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, his he got he he hung a pitch to a right-handed batter. He's a lefty. That's gonna happen. Yep. Um, then he'll get a game where he faces two lefties, and he'll get a you know he'll strike them both out. So not a ton, not a ton there of concern, man. I mean, our bullpen has done as a whole has done pretty good so far, and I'm quite happy about them as a whole unit. Few minor no news and notes to get away here. We might go a little long today. We're excited. A lot of good stuff happened in this uh, Kansas City series. But the first one is Pete Walker was away with the team as his father had passed away. He's expected to come back and rejoin the team for the LA Angel series. So we're thinking of you, Pete, and your family there. And the Blue Jays have claimed an outfielder off of waivers from the Atlanta Braves. We've signed a right-handed hitter, Jordan Luplo, and sent him to AAA Buffalo. Hunjin Ryu was sent to the 60-man IL as the corresponding move. Riley, I know you know a little bit about Jordan Luplo. My main takeaway, he's really good at hitting lefties, especially fast fastballs from lefties and we had a hunch this is why the Blue Jays kept a spot open on their 40-man roster because they wanted to add a player like this get a little bit more depth on the outfield and he could be a really good guy that's probably going to sit on the bench but when you have a tough lefty on the mound or a tough lefty reliever and you need a good pinch hitting appearance late Jordan Luplo could be that guy so a thought on those yeah it's just pretty much what uh, JBJ was kind of last year for our squad and there yeah, he better was bat, playing though. better bat than oh, JBJ yeah I know but same kind of role in a way you yeah. want to fill out your team with a veteran player with um, I'm fine with that. I don't know how much we'll see him. Um, but if he, if he can hit lefties, well, that's fine. We'll see what happens, man. Looking forward to that, Riley. The minor leagues are beginning all their seasons and the Jays, some of the top prospects are set to their clubs. They've all announced their official rosters. Riley, I'm just going to read off some names of some top prospects at each site. And maybe if you wanted to give me a one name per team that you're either interested to see more of or maybe that you're surprised they start in this location. And we can just really talk about this. Uh, notable names to watch in Buffalo this year. You've heard all these names before. It's Nate Pearson, Yasver Zuleta, Addison Barger, Spencer Horowitz, Otto Lopez, and Hayden Junger. I would expect we'll see... Um, most, if not all of them in Toronto at some point this year. Keep an eye on that. The interesting ones, Riley, I guess, are the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, who Adrian Hernandez, Sem Burst, who we saw a lot in spring, Zach Britton, Leo Jimenez, Orelvis Martinez, and Ricky Tiedemann will all be starting with the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. So a lot of good talent on that Fisher Cats team this year. And some interesting ones as you get lower down in the minors. Vancouver has some names like Adam Mako, Eric Pardino, Kay Doherty, Josh Kasevich, who were both in the draft last year for the Toronto Blue Jays. So pretty aggressive placement there. Desan Brown and Gabriel Martinez. And the guys who are probably most far away who are going to start the season with the Dunedin Blue Jays are Manuel Beltre, Tucker Toman, and Adrian Pinto. Riley, do those all sound right to you? Or was there a name to watch or something? Or are you interested in a placement of any of these players? Do you have a thought there? I mean, if you want to, let's just kind of go real quick. Uh, 1A, 1B, 
kind of deal. And it's a pitcher and a position player. I mean, Tiedemann, gonna have, he's going to be lights out, dude. He's going to be lights out. He's, I mean, you can't, you can't bring up Ricky Tiedemann and not talk about how good he's already been in the minor leagues. And I'm so, like, so excited. I can't even say to watch because I, I honestly, I don't watch the minor leagues. I just, I read it in the news like mm-hmm. a lot of people do. And Barger is going to be an asset at some point for this Toronto Blue Jays team, or I hope he is, because he's a he's a jack dude who can play the infield. He's got he's got a great swing. He's got a great ball player look. I mean, I just uh, just the kind of guy you want on a big league team. And um, I think there was another name there, Eric Pardino. I haven't. Yeah heard that name in the longest time i forgot about him to be honest <laughs> with you but it just but definitely um ricky tiedemann and um and, uh, and barger are definitely the two guys that jump right off the page for me jesse yeah, I'm intrigued about uh, Orelvis Martinez at New Hampshire this year. I want to see him have a good year. He could be in Buffalo before long, if not Toronto, if he has a monster season. Well, Riley, we'll talk about the Miners more later. We have to preview the West Coast trip. The Jays are backing their bags from Kansas City flying out to Anaheim to begin a series with the LA Angels of Anaheim, who are 4-2 and two to begin the young season. Probable pitchers for this matchup. Game one, it'll be Chris Bassett against Patrick Sandoval. Game two will be Jose Barrios against Tyler Anderson. Game three will be Yusei Kikuchi against Reed Detmers. Riley, you nailed the Kansas City series prediction thinking how we're going to do. Want to take a shot at it again here. And if you have a pick to click or a player to watch for this series, who's it going to be? I'm going to say, I'm going to say as a whole, our hitters against lefties right now that's you've said the line you said the lineup card basically for what the problem starters are for the angels and i'd love to hear that with the lefties in because i mean that's a time for guys like vladdy bo springer and like whoever to mash i mean this could be a time really for us to take off i mean what I would like is Bassett in his appearance to click. That would be nice to see. But as far as a lot of things go, I feel like this will just be a good series for um, just our hitters as a whole. And I really, what I'm really hoping though is that Bassett can can really just produce a quality start. Barrios can figure something out, and that Kikuchi can do more or less of the same thing. Now I have it in my head that they're kind of going to do opposite of what mm. they did in their first appearance as Bassett who stunk is going to actually go six or seven innings in the, in the, in the first game. Um, Barrios is going to come back. I'm not going to say he's going to do great, but he's at least going to get us maybe a win. And then I'm not saying Kikuchi's going to have a bad start, but I'm going to say we're going to take two out of three and perhaps Jesse, you know, maybe Kikuchi has a little bit of a hiccup because it's early in the year bound to happen, whatever. But still, I, I, I want to, be sitting with you here on Sunday night talking about a great and a well-pitched series for Toronto because, I mean, we're going up against some big guns at Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. So, yeah, I'm not saying we sweep. I'm going to say we're, we come pretty damn close, though, and I hope the boys still pick it up in the offense, too, because, I mean, I know that LA's kind of a, you know, hitter's ballpark in a way. I still think it's a pretty he- hard ballpark to hit a lot of them out, but I think the short wall, I think we can do it. I think guys like Bo Bichette, Chapman, those guys, who hit, have hit line drives well. I think we they were going to put up some good numbers at the dish as well. Yeah, that's how we're going to win this series. If the Blue Jays are going to do it, we're going to have to do it with our bats because I, my confidence is like negative four in Jose Barrios. And Chris Bassett, Velocity was down across the board. He just seemed flabbergasted with what happened. Now it was a good Cardinals team. Angels aren't the Cardinals. 
that's going to be the X Factor game, I think. And uh, Reed Detmers is actually really good. So, uh, you know, we'll see how him and Kikuchi fare. It's going to come down to the Blue Jays' offense. I am going to predict we only take one out of these three games this series, but I think they're going to be good, intriguing games. My pick to click, Riley, or I'm picking this player to finally hit a home run this year, and that's Danny Jansen. Facing a bunch of lefties on the schedule, I think Danny Jansen goes deep this series, and that'll be, I guess, my bold call for this series. Uh, it's not too much of a bold call that Jano's got mad power and I would love to see a Danny Jansen home run. Um, I love it. I would love to see some offense. getting some plate appearances and he's looked all right so far, but we know there is more out uh, that Danny Jansen can do at the plate. And if it comes in this series against the angels, great. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Let's go. Let's go, Blue Jays. Let's get a series dub. We want to keep things going on a high. This Blue Jays team is too good. We're better than the Angels. Let's go out. Let's beat them. Let's continue our hot start and then head into Rogers Center feeling good and groovy. But guys, that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please, once again, like the video, subscribe to the channel. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. And anywhere you can get your podcast, you can find us. Uh, Riley, anything else to add before we call our day here today? Nope. Just my last takeaway is just haven't heard Eric Cardino's name. I guess I will see him in the big leagues when he turns 31. I think we drafted him as a, I think we uh, signed him as a six year old. So that's, (laughs) you know, got a lot of time to develop, but Hey, Nope. Looking forward to the series against the Angels. Probably the second most exciting team to watch in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball. So let's see what happens, guys. Let's fire it up and have a good series against the Angels. Get ready to stay up late. We got some West Coast baseball this week. And I know as a Nighthawk like me, I'm excited for this. We'll see you guys Sunday night to recap the series. Until then, have a good one. Thanks, guys.